ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் அஜானதிமிராந்தஸ்யானாஞ்சனலாக்கயச்சுரன்மேலிதயனஸ்மைஸ்ரீகுரவே நம ஸ்ரீச்சைத்தன்யமனோபீஷ்டம்ஸ்தாபிதம்யூத்தலேயம் கதாமம் வந்தேஹம் ஸ்ரீகுரோயுதமலம் ஸ்ரீகுருன்வைஷ்ணவாஸ்ரீரூபாத்தம் சகணரகுநாத்தன்விதம் தம் சஜீவம் சாத்வைத்தம் சாவதூத்தம் பரிஜனசம் கிருஷ்ணச்சைத்தன்யேவம்ராதாகிருஷ்ணபாதான் சகனலிதாஸ்ரீவிஷாகான்விதாஸ்ேகிருஷ்ணகருணாசிந்தோதீனபந்தோஜகத்பேகோபேஷகோபிகாந்தராதாந்தநமோஸ்துதேவிபி
prabhasmi shashi surya yo so i am the light of the sun and the moon i am the taste of water i am om and i am the ability in man so these things are not just for uh, remembering and then keeping it in a silo in a in a memory silo but all the time bringing it out and observing the world through the lens of the shastra so that is called shastra chakshu shastra chakshu means to to see the world through the words of the shastra so that is basically it that we have learned yesterday so today we will learn some practical techniques well the way i learned was um attending the classes attending the lectures and then noting down and then the same day going through all the list of verses and then take the, taking them out in bhagavad gita or shrimad bhagavatam wherever it is and then trying to memorize before the end of the day that was in the beginning but lately <laughs> i've not been following through with that same process i should actually by right uh, that's the best way the same day just go through the whole list of verses in the shlokas but nowadays when sundagopal prabhu you know when he takes a class then he quotes like about 50 verses 50 60 verses so sometimes um it's too overwhelming <laughs> i can understand that but at the same time uh, we can choose at least the principal ones and uh, slowly memorize them and that's how i learned um we can also learn from as we are reading prabhupada's books so in the purports suppose we are reading bhagavad gita and in the purports he quotes from different sources so we can take note of those verses and you know learn them and also as we are reading if we find an interesting verse that we can use for preaching then we can you know uh take a note it's always good to have a notebook a kind of a tracker um to note down all the verses that we want to learn and then actually act on it if if we just build up that list of verses to be learned and it will just become a insurmountable list and um, therefore we should act on them and at least go through them and try to you know memorize slowly slowly of course as you begin with this you won't be as fast because it takes time to learn the language the the words and um, it'll be a little slow but at least one or two shlokas per week is definitely doable definitely doable is just four lines like let's start with the smallest verses in the bhagavad gita anushtup chanda which is eight syllables a line four lines like that they are very very small verses like like 213 for example we have studied yesterday this verse and somebody was asking actually 217 i did not see that comment so he wrote it three times in the comments so i only saw it after the whole session was finished so he was asking for 217 that he could not understand this avinashi tu tadvidhi yena sarvam idam tatam vinasham avyayasyasya nakaschit kartum arhati so it's quite a simple verse <clears throat> so these length of verses um in one week if we want to learn one verse okay let's take it to the bare minimum one verse per week so that if we if we go at a linear pace one verse per week in 52 weeks in one year we will have at least 52 verses in our arsenal you know so that's a lot that's a lot right so in one week, in one year and actually it doesn't work linear if you work on it regularly it doesn't work linear it it actually grows a little more than linear 
it grows like an exponential not really exponential exponential is a, is a big word but a little more than linear because as you learn more than i mean more and more verses then it becomes easier for the memory to i mean our memory to work and we become used to that learning process that's why we should not uh, give up that learning process at any time so we try to memorize every time new verses new verses so in this way we increase the rate at which we learn also and um, that that is basically it so we need to just practice just practice and you do the see the words and then try to understand and then try to understand the group of words and then try to understand which part of the translation fits into that i mean is is the translation of which group of words in this way we can have a full understanding of the verse and then always memory memorization comes after understanding don't try to memorize without understanding you can you can memorize without understanding like with it, if you have the tune like like children they learn the nursery rhymes they may not fully understand what the words are but the whole point of our learning here the shlokas is that we have to understand them and be able to apply them in our lives so biggest suggestion is first understand and then follow through with the memorization and as we memorize so there there are uh, different techniques that we can employ these are well i found them um, <laughs> from others like you know in on on in, on the internet where they teach how to memorize th- uh, things for like for studying for exams for example so um, those same tips will also e- apply for us and there are so called scientific study they have come up with what is the best way so that in the least time we can learn the maximum so i've just done a little bit of research on that of about a month or two ago and i have been wanting to implement that system for my own learning which after the lockdown has started hasn't really materialized because i've been doing these sessions and um, so i'd never really put that system in place for myself but this is what i intend to do from now on and um, it's a very systematic approach of learning things and especially we can use that for learning shlokas so but just a quick note before we dive into the process of memorization so th- about understanding i just wanted to say another uh, few words is that understanding means how do we know that we understand a verse the best way to test ourselves whether we understood the verse or not is if i can explain that verse in simple language to a 5 year old can i make a 5 year old understand what this verse is about so basically it's like um it's not about just trying to have a picture but actually can i explain it can i put it into words so of course we can verbatim you know memorize the entire translation of the verse but then do i understand the translation do i understand the translation so if i if somebody asks a question about that will i be able to answer so if we are not uh, clear about how um suppose okay let's take the yesterday's example all right ke dehinosmin yatha dehe kaumaram yavanam jara tatha dehantara prapte dhirastatranam ohyate so the the embodied soul 
at dehantara prapti okay you have supposed verbatim uh, you have regurgitated the whole translation you you quoted the shloka and then then you regurgitated i mean the, exactly vomited the whole translation as it is so now if somebody asks so dehantara praptir praptir means to get to achieve to to receive or something like that so we get a new body at the end of life okay that is understandable but then here it is compared that just as we have been getting new bodies in and just as our, our soul has been passing through bodies of kaumara that means about boyhood youth or an old age similarly i get into another body i mean i get another body at death so have we been getting bodies have we been prapti that prapti word that is used have we been getting those bodies in this lifetime because i don't get a new body i'm just in the same body it's just growing old right so is the body growing old or what is exactly happening so do i understand it can i explain if somebody asks that question so this is what understanding means so i have to understand in depth so the thing is prabhupada explained this that it is not our body our body we generally colloquially we just say we are growing old that that is the general way of saying but um scientifically we are getting new bodies every moment it's actually a change of body so even medically uh, speaking it's a fact that our cells of the body die and then are replaced by new cells so it is said that over a course of 7 years our entire whatever cells that were there in my body 7 years ago have been progressively been replaced and now i don't have a single cell in my body that was there 7 years ago so practically that's a complete change of body if we look at it even medically so that's actually a fact so we have we are actually changing body every second but it's so imperceptible that we see it as one continuous thing like you know back in the days when i was a kid when i was like maybe say um 12 years old we used to have this um, flip book you know that flip book so when we <laughs> that time of course it's now prohibited coca cola but when we drink coca cola and then when we buy that can or bottle then we get this um crown you know that those those crowns those caps then you collect those caps and then there's some picture on it and then you collect a few of them and then you can exchange them for a flip book or some some kind of a you know um souvenir item like that and when you get this flip book so it's about some cricketer suppose say sachin tendulkar he's hitting the six or saurav ganguly hitting the six and it is actually when you when you flip the whole book in each page of the book is one pose and the next pose and the next pose and the next pose and the next pose so each page is a still but then when you when you flip it it looks like continuous change actually he he runs down the pitch and he 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 hits it for a six so that's basically how our body is changing so it is a still every second just like a movie prabhupada said what is a movie when the real when the you know that film that negative that is being run so actually it's all stills is just run and then as it runs it moves the the the, the picture moves on the screen so actually it's it's various stills that are being moved continuously so similarly over the tape i mean that 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 tape is there 
and it moves the whole system. So time is such a mover that all these stills are there and then it is moving and actually those, those are different different bodies. Each still is actually a body and over time imperceptibly we are changing. Imperceptibly is the word because we don't perceive it. A person who comes back to us and after 10 years say, hey, you have grown tall, you have grown fat, you have grown thin, whatever it is. So, we, they can see the change obviously, but our people, I mean, maybe our family, they may not be able to see the change because it's imperceptible. So, in this way, we are actually changing bodies and similarly, we would change body at the time of death. So, in this way, you would want to, you would explain and make a layman understand that this, I mean, this verse, this 213 that is there. So, in this way, I have to question myself, okay, all these words mean this, 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 word to word meaning and then this group of words mean this, mean this. all right, fine. But do I understand the concept? And uh, it's not a concept, it's a fact. So, do I understand the, the, the rationale of behind this whole thing? So, there is prapti. So, we get a new body at the time of the, okay, that is quite understandable, you get a new body. But do we get a new body even in here? Because it is saying, as we get new bodies like Kaumaram, Yavanam, similarly we get another body. Huh? But do we even get those new bodies? So, yes. So, that is the explanation for this. Um, Prithviraj Prabhu is giving some um, psychological input here. Psychological study. What is that? We call it persistence of vision. One sixteenth second I can catch. Beyond that, it seems to be moving. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, actually, even in film, if you go to... Because I have been doing this YouTube videos and, and stuff... So, I have learned a little bit about the motion, how motion works and the rate at which the movie, the film moves is 24 frames per second. That means, in one second, 24 frames actually move per second. And when it is a slow motion, for example, like a really slow motion, then you have to shoot it at 120 frames per second and slow it down 5 times. And then you will have this 24 frames per second, um, I mean speed, but because it was 120 frames, to move those 120 frames will take 5 seconds, but actually in reality it took only 1 second. So the speed is like one fifth of the total speed, so that is slow motion. So for slow motion you have to shoot it at a higher frame rate and then you know you have to you know spread it across, you have to, you know spread it across the, the actual frame rate of the movie. That you want to be shooting in. So, I, I hope you getting. Um, I hope you get, you're getting this point. So basically, it's like. Um, so you get the point. So 24 frames are moving in one second, and that's what we see, and that's what we see in real life as well. Why movies are done in 24? It, because that is the most natural movement. If you do it 60 frames per second video, if you watch a 60 frames per second video, you will get giddy. I don't know if you. Have noticed all these things but if you watch a video that is 60 frames per second it is so clear it is so high def and uh, it's like so too clear it's like too clear there's no motion blur you know when you know when you know my hand moves like this there's a blur you know that that is actually natural when we when we see something moving we see a blur but at 60 frames per second you won't see a blur you will see everything so too clearly way too clear than our natural eyes so that will make our vision giddy, you actually will get giddy after some time when you watch the 60 frames per second video. Anyway, I am going to another topic altogether. <coughs> so, 
so basically so we um, have this um, imperceptible movement and getting new bodies every moment so if we understand in this way with all these analogies that Prabhupada gave and you know all these things yes now I understood the verse okay it's not that I realized the verse yet because if somebody may pass away in my family I may still cry so it's not a realization yet because dhiras tatra namohyati it's not about just understanding you know like in a, in a, in a in a science scientific way, oh, this is what is happening. But then, when it actually happens with somebody close to us, and then we cry, that means I have not realized yet. So all those affections, all those feelings, all those moments that we spend together, and then we we remember all those things and we cry. So these are all actually signs of weak-mindedness. That's what Krishna says. Kshudram hridaya daurbalyam tyakvotishta parantapa. He said, Arjuna, you give up all this petty weakness of heart. So it's a, it's a weakness of heart. So, that is the stage we have to come to, not just like understanding and that is the first stage, but then it has to uh, develop. So, how to develop that? So, we have to become strong in our sadhana. So, it's not, so all these things are not about just learning like a textbook and then becoming a physics scientist, you know, some, some you know, theorist, uh, what is that, theoretical scientist. No, that's not the point here. So, it's all about, yes, putting all our, all our intelligence to understand it, but then observe in life. You know, like there are so many shlokas, for example, how uh, family life is a is a, um, a lot of distraction and a lot of, um, how to say, uh, encumbrance, you know, there's so much, so many encumbrances in family life. So all these shlokas, there are many shlokas that, yam yan maithonad sukam hetucham. So, so many verses are there that are mentioning the um, miserable condition of family life. So, we have to also observe. It's not just about, uh, yeah, you know, Bhagavatam always says about it like this only, but actually it's not that bad, you know, after all. So, that means we don't have even complete faith in the shloka, uh, in the shastra. So, if we find anything better in this family life or in this, in this material world, that means we are in the illusion. So, of course, it does not mean that we have to always hate what we are doing and where we are and not like that, but we have to understand. Out of duty, we have to do everything still. And if the family is devotees and, you know, everybody is cooperative, that's well and good. But still, the attachment is there. And at the time of death, because of my cooperative family members, I may think of them and die and then I, I may become one of the family members or I may again get into material affection and, you know, again take another birth. So, either way, I have to, we have to cultivate the detachment and eventually all this has to come. Of course, it is not overnight. So, when these verses are there, we have to understand in detail, we have to contemplate, like put all our intelligence to understand each and everything. And if somebody asks a question, can I answer it? So, that's what, uh, there is a scientist called, uh, I am just quoting this, um, this uh, mundane scientist, but it is an observation that was made by this, uh, it is called a Feynman technique. Feynman technique means, uh, this is coined by Richard Feynman, he was a scientist, uh, physicist and all that, into quantum physics and all that. So he says, if you understand something, you should be able to explain in simple language to a layman, to a child. So we, Prabhupada, if you see Prabhupada all the way, how he explains each and every aspect of philosophy, like he's explaining to, explaining to a child, like, even a child can understand what Prabhupada is talking about. Of course, not, not maybe a five-year-old, but a, a little 
I mean it's, it's just the word used five year old but actually person who has decent intelligence you know like he can understand so like this when we are drinking water rasoham apsukantaya Krishna is the taste of water we can always remember you know that, that's that's the practice of remembering verses so basically so a person of reasonable intelligence can you explain to him if we ask this question and you have to think of the question even before that in our it's not about passing a test or if you ask a question can i remember no but do i understand do i get the question first of all <clears throat> so i should get the question so for me it should be very clear of course there are many things in shastra that we cannot comprehend like how the universe came and you know that we have to accept we have to accept and those also whatever is man, whatever is revealed in the scriptures we have to understand because krishna revealed those because we can understand those not everything but to an extent like for example ramayan ramayan in brahmaloka in the brahmaloka brahma's planet it is of the length of 1 billion verses 1 billion with a b not m b and here in human society it is only 25000 verses so how many more <laughs> verses are there in ramayana that we cannot even comprehend for human society this 25000 is is enough you know that kind of so that much is revealed so that because we can understand that much at least comprehend to an extent that much the rest of the things we may not be able to even be co- able to comprehend so whatever is revealed that's why krishna says in the bhagavad gita chapter 4 text 9 janma karma cha me divyam evam yovetti tatvatah tyaktva devam deham punarjanma naiti mameti sorjuna this two words are very important vetti means knows and tatvatah means in reality that means robert many times explained this vetti tatvatah means we have to know with uh, full absorption and attention and you know uh, not just yeah yeah, yeah and I, i kind of know what is you know krishna no that is not enough we have to become absorbed my yarpita manobuddhir huh? okay we will see this translation one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving the body take his birth again in this material world but attains my eternal abode arjuna this one who knows um, how do we know uh, whatever is revealed by krishna that we will know whatever is revealed by shri prabhupada we will know so that much at least we should know whatever is revealed that much we should contemplate and you know understand everything so vetti tatvatah tatvatah means in truth in reality in in depth Hmm. and um, what was other was i was just telling <laughs> i just lost so evam yoveti tatvatah so we have to know in truth then is when we we will understand you know so the other verse i was thinking about was oh, i just lost that train of thought yeah anyway Mm. okay so okay let's just take this verse itself so now janma and karma so in tatvata in truth what we should know in truth his janma his karma so all his past times 
all his his birth his birth which is not an ordinary birth yes oh he has a mother and father oh, but then if somebody asks hey, how how come krishna has mother and father that means somebody was before krishna who how come he has so then what do we explain so we should not be just satisfied you know that okay krishna has mother and father okay, I, this is how a usual hindu would would know krishna but we should understand i mean how how come krishna has father if he is the adipurusham govindam adipurusham how how does he have a father and mother oh yes so the explanation is that okay he is he can come without father and mother of course like narasimhadev he came out from a pillar so he can come from anywhere and varaha he came out from the nostril of lord brahma he can come come from anywhere and um, and he is already everywhere so he can manifest himself from anywhere if he wants and why did he have the parents then because those parents were actually devo- are devotees and were devotees in their previous lives and they prayed to krishna that we want um, you as our son so they prayed to lord vishnu for like 12000 years and uh, with severe austerities sutapa and vrishni and aprishni uh, so that's how they they got next life krishna as a son so in this way oh so krishna chooses so if some devotee wants to serve krishna as a parent because that is also a service service doesn't mean only i am a servant and you are master that is one relationship but the mother also serves the child right so that is another relationship so for that relationship to exist that devotee must be having the mood of a mother so if somebody wants to serve krishna as a mother then he will accept that devotee as a mother and he will become her son uh, so and also when krishna was born he was first uh he came into the mind of vasudev and then he was transferred into the mind of devaki and then from mind of devaki to the womb of devaki there was not even a, a ordinary sexual relationship so you see how we have to understand all these details of you know krishna's birth and you know krishna's all incarnations not only krishna his other incarnations what about ram what about you know narasimha what about varaha what is kurma matsya all incarnations and so we have to know janma karma and karma his pastimes sometimes a bewildering pastimes means not just you know he's he's playing with the cowherd boys or he's um, you know dancing with the cowherd girls that is those are also pastimes but even his creation his his everything everything that krishna is doing is a leela uh, so how is he managing everything so the whole krishna tatva jay krishna tatva vetta shai guru hoy so we have to understand the krishna tatva in tatvatah in reality so understanding is first and then is memorization so always try to understand the whole thing of course sometimes you may not be able to understand but try to understand as much as possible and then if you don't understand you can always ask the devotees or you can you know do a little bit of search in you know in in the apps that you have the pocket vedas or the veda base or even in prabhupadbooks.com and all these sources are there you can actually do a little bit of research uh, vani quotes or vedabase.io and all these websites are there so you can do a little bit of research of what 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 else has been told in this regarding this and then try to understand the whole concept and if if you can't then the devotees can help you with that you can ask the devotees but try your own also first so understanding first and then going to memorization so now in the memorization what we usually are used to in schools and how we learn stuff 
So this is also part of what I have little bit what I have researched on how to remember things. Um, it may be a material research, but I'm just trying to use that for memorizing shlokas as well, and uh, it's a very effective way of uh, remembering. So now, usually, how we think about remembering, or if we remember how we studied for exams, we usually try to cram everything, you know, like try to try to read this and try to read that, and then we try to put as many things in our mind as possible. But actually, um, I mean scientific study, it also shows that um, the best way to learn is to dig out what we have read. Suppose you want to remember something that you have read, you read a paragraph and then now immediately close the book and try to see, do I remember everything that was told here? It doesn't have to be verbatim, but do I understand what was being told in that paragraph? What did I just read? then if you see yourself, you may forget actually a few details of what you have just read. Okay, do I remember? Okay, okay. Then I try to reconstruct. So, as we reconstruct, that's when our brain is actually working. So, when our brain works, and that's when we remember. Of course, all this by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, we cannot at any time try to, you know, remember and become a big... This is not about becoming a big pandit, becoming a big memorization hero and, and, and that's not the whole point the whole point is to yes memorize but then use those verses then and then guide ourselves in our own life and then if in the process as we meet others we can guide them also but the main thing is to guide our own self when Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said beat your mind hundred times with a with a slipper with a sandal in the morning and then hundred times in the night with a broomstick that means that we have to Shasan. Shasan means chastise our mind. Because our mind is always ask. I mean, going into this pride mode. You know, I'm a big time, I'm a, I'm a big deal, you know, all these things. So, we have to always curb our mind. So, we have to have these shlokas. These shlokas are the whip. You know, Shasan. Shastra. Sha Astra. Shasdhatu. Shas means Shasan. To control. So, to control, the Shastra is there to control. So, basically, more than anything else, it is for preaching to ourselves that we have to learn this Shastra. So that we immediately, when we have certain, you know, um, pride or anything or anger or, you know, um, offensive behavior, whatever it is, immediately we, we try to correct ourselves with all these instruments, with these Shastric Slokas. Also, contemplating on Krishna's philosophy and, you know, everything, everything. And always in, in controlling ourselves and also seeing everything through the lens of Shastra, that's the whole point. So now, so learning things usually is understood as putting things into our brain, but actually when you work your brain to bring out what you actually learned, that's when it will stick. So, um, for example, uh, if one wants to build you know, a, a you know, muscular body, then he has to go to the gym or you know, some workout then he has to actually, you know, move his muscles and he has to strain his muscles. He has to strain his muscles and then they will actually become a little weak when you, when you strain a bit. But then over time, you know, like two days later, those, those strained parts will become stronger than before. And as he does more and more, then he can lift more weights or he can, you know, do more push-ups or pull-ups or whatever it is. So, as we strain the muscle a little more, the more it works, the more stronger it becomes. 
So same thing with our memory, almost the same thing. So we need to always keep it active and we have to, usually it, it sounds productive to, you know, take in as much, I know, yes, yes, I'm studying, I'm studying. No, the more you put inside, the mind, it is just, when we're reading, it's mostly passive. It's passive. We are not using our mind to bring out something. That's why Prabhupada said, preach, you know, whatever it is, speak your realization. He said, in the class, when you're, give, when you're giving a lecture, you don't have to be a self-realized soul. You speak your realization of what you have understood. So, what it actually um, effectively does is, you have to put it into words, put into words what you understood. So, and sometimes, and what you remembered. So, all these things, when we're giving class in the beginning, when I was first asked to give a class, it was, I, just, I still remember, I think I gave the class on um, 2.11, I think, chapter 2, text 11, I think. That's what I did, probably. And um, it was very difficult. I mean, <laughs> yes, the philosophy is understood, but then when we're, trying to, when we're trying to explain, it doesn't come so smoothly, it doesn't come, it doesn't flow. So, but it doesn't, it, it is okay to be difficult. It is okay to be not perfect because that's how everybody starts. So then we have to, even if nobody is there, we try to explain. Just speak in the air. Prabhupada says, if nobody is there, speak to the four walls. <laughs> so as we practice more and more about explaining it, not just, hmm, yeah, I kind of understand. No, put it into words because that's when we actually practice to understand really. So by speaking, the more we speak, the more we actually understand the more it retains in our memory. And um, same, that's why Prabhupada wanted us to write for the magazine and, you know, bring it out, bring it out. Not just keep it and keep it. And actually, it doesn't, it doesn't do any good if, you, if we keep it. So, the, every time we have to bring it out. So, when I, when I said that example, that, okay, I read this paragraph and then I, suppose I'm reading Krishna book and then I read this paragraph, okay, try to remember, okay, what happened in the story? Okay, um, that's why I can't remember stories, you see. Why? Because I haven't, this is something I just recently discovered, this way of learning. But usually I was always doing that. I, I would just read. I would just read as I would probably read, read a novel. Just to, um, of course that is also good. We can also read it like that. I'm not saying every time you have to do this. Sometimes we don't have that much, you know, it's late in the night or, you know, we don't have that much energy to put into like, you know, retrieving the information and you know kind of um, speaking out into words so it doesn't matter i mean you, we can just even read even otherwise and uh, we can uh, feel the bliss of you know of, of reading krishna conscious literature of prabhupada but if we want to like practice remembering and practice speaking it out then it is um, good to practice like this that you close the and okay what do i remember in this paragraph okay this, 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 this. Then maybe we will not remember this. Oh, what exactly happened? How this? How, how did this happen from that? What was the missing link? Then we you know, open and then see. Oh, okay, okay, this one. So, okay, again, reconstruct the whole thing. Oh, yeah, okay, now now it, now I understood. Okay, what, what were the flow of events? So, in that way, or it, it can be like a story, like Krishna book, or it can be like a philosophical paragraph, which, which is explaining something. And you may read it and then we, nothing goes into our head probably. And we try to try reading reading it again. Okay, then try to close it and try to understand what was said and how to understand this thing. 
So, of course, some things are beyond our understanding. We just have to accept, read and accept. <laughs> but um, still there is, you know, Prabhupada has explained everything very nicely. So, we should understand as much as has been explained, we have to understand. And then comes this thing, scientists call it active recall. So, basically, it's to test yourself. Always test yourself. Suppose you have learned a shloka today. Uh, very good so you have like many times you have tried to you know um, you actually first see okay janma karma chamedivyam then you you go through the first line again janma karma chamedivyam and try to understand also the meaning of the janma karma chamedivyam okay janma karma janma is birth karma is activities cha means and divyam so all of them are transcendental transcendental birth and activities Janma karma chavedivyam. Evam yo vetti tattvataha. Hmm. Ah, chame divyam, sorry. Chame. Me means my. Of mine, you see. Me means of mine. So, Krishna's birth and uh, activities are transcendental. It's not like our birth and activities. So, do I even understand that? What does it mean by Krishna's birth and activities are transcendental? So, how is it different from my activities and my birth? Okay, in my birth, I don't choose my parents. I'm just forced. By, by my past karma but Krishna doesn't have karma he, he has no reactions that he is you know taking birth so that he did some you know sinful reaction and then now he has to suffer in this world or he did something pious and then now he has to enjoy in this world no and Krishna has no such thing he comes here out of, out of his own causeless mercy and do I even understand the word causeless mercy so all these things that's why I have to understand causeless mercy means the mercy doesn't have a cause it's by his own free will we don't deserve it. We don't deserve that mercy. But it is given causeless. You know, it is given by the Lord. So that is a causeless mercy. So out of his causeless mercy, he comes into this world and to help us. And so his birth is not like our birth. He doesn't change his body. In the fourth chapter, sixth verse, So I come by my own internal potency, yoga maya. And he says, uh, what is that? No. Janmani Tavacharjuna. You see this. Tani Aham Veda Sarvani Natvam Metta Parantapa. 4 5. Chapter 4, text 5. The personality of God had said, Krishna said, Many, many births both you and I have passed. I can remember all of them, but you cannot, O Sabdir of the enemy. You, Arjuna, cannot remember all those births you have taken with me. We have both taken many births together. But I remember all of them. So that's the difference of his birth compared to our birth. So that means, Prabhupada explains in the, in the purport that when we change our body, then we forget what was, you know, in the previous body. So if Krishna remembers everything, that means he doesn't change his body. His body is always the same in each and every incarnation. It's not that he accepts another new body. No. So his same body, transcendental body, whether he comes as a tortoise or whether he comes as a boar, whether he comes as a Narasimha, half man, half lion, or whether he comes as Krishna, Rama, or Buddha or uh, Kalki, his body never changes. Although the shape may change, doesn't in quality it doesn't change at all. The same body. So he can have multifarious forms. Advaita you see this verse is quoted in the purport. You see Advaita Machutam Anadi Manantarupam Anantarupam. And although uh, Anantarupam Advaitam. That means he has millions of forms, but Advaitam, he is one without a second. Uh, that means he has, he is not becoming many. He is the same person, but he can become many also at the same time. But Advaitam, he is the same person. 
So, in this way we have to understand his birth, oh, his birth is transcendental, his activities are transcendental. His activities are all Leela, they are not forced by karma. Here our activities are forced by karma and our birth is forced by karma. We did not choose how we would look, we would not choose how much intelligence we would have, in which family, in which country, in which gender, which species, nothing we chose. We were forced. So that is our Janma, whereas his Janma he chooses, even his own parents. So, in this way, we have to understand Janma Karma Chamedivyam in depth. Evam Yoviti Tattvataha, those who understand in truth, in reality, in depth. Tyaktva Deham Punar Janma Naiti. Actually, that is the. Tyaktva Deham Punar Janma Naiti. Although it is in the next line, that is full together. Tyaktva Deham means. After having given up the body, Deham means body. That Deham, we have already seen the second chapter. Deha, Dehinos Minyatha, Dehe. So, all this Deha, 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 so many times we have seen in the second chapter. Deha means body. So, that should be imprinted in our mind. So, Tyaktva Deham. Tyaktva Deham means after having given up the body, Punar Janma Naiti. Punar Janma. Janma means birth. Punar means again rebirth. Punar Janma means rebirth. Naiti. Na iti. Na eti. No, actually, never attains, you see, na eti, eti means attains, uh, na eti, punar janma na eti, maam eti. So, he does not attain repeated birth and death, but he attains maam eti, he attains me, that means, he attains Krishna, that means no more rebirth in the Vaikuntha. So, in this way we have to understand and then once we have memorized it, all well and good, one day or two days later, you test yourself, you will completely forget the verse. This will happen. So, it is not that because I have just memorized, not only one, two days. Suppose morning I memorized the verse, by evening you will forget. That is the way our memory is. So, we have to, again, all the time, okay, this is, uh, this is called forgetting curve. This is also some uh, scientific study. So, I'm quoting some mundane scientific study, but it helps to understand the concept of our, how our memory kind of works. There's something called the forgetting curve. I'll just show you that. No, not this. Um, where were we? Okay, here. The forgetting curve. This is what happens when we learn something. The moment on the on the bottom on the on the x-axis. On the horizontal axis is the time in days and on the on the vertical axis is the retention. Now, when we actually learn it, okay, I have learned the verse, okay, yes, you know, we will like pump our fists, you know, yes, I have learned this verse. But then at that point, our remembrance retention is 100%. We remember the verse, fine, good. Immediately, immediately it drops. It drops, it drops. So, in the morning, if we get it and then we are, you know, we are, yes, all celebrating. <laughs> and then, by the evening, Dehinosman, uh, what was that? Dehe, Dehinosman, Dehe, Yatha, oh, Yatha, oh, Yatra, or Yatha, you know, we forget. So, that is forgetting curve and exponentially we forget. That's a forgetting curve. So, it goes down to zero. You know, so what we need to do is this. The scientist, what is his name? 
uh, forgot i think i wrote it somewhere wait a second uh, i don't know if i written it let's see if i've written it no yeah herman ebbinghaus okay in 1800s 1850 to 1909 so anyway this scientist has come up with this this whole forgetting curve thing so um so we forget like that it's forgetting curve so what we so he actually experimented experimented with him this with himself and um, so he, he what he did he forgot what he learned and then he tried another method where he would interrupt that forgetting curve or combat that forgetting curve by doing this so <clears throat> forget those uh, <clears throat> letters and phone and smartphone and whatever it is <clears throat> so you see that in the in the beginning when he just learned it it's 100% and then it's decreasing it's going down if you see the line if you extrapolate that line it is going all the way to zero by day three but then at day one, when the memory is already down that much, then he again remembered it. Actually, we, we can do this ourselves as well. So, suppose you learn today and then tomorrow morning, oh, I don't remember half of it. Okay, again, okay, try to remember as much as possible. Just make your brain work. Don't, don't immediately see the book, okay, what it was. Then our main, mind is not working, our brain is not working. So, work the brain and try to get out as much out as possible and when it's that's it that you can't get any more out of it then you see the book okay what was that word what was that word okay let me just see oh that was okay dehe kaumaram okay kaumaram kaumaram means yeah childhood okay that's it so in that way <clears throat> when i again um, associate i mean i associate all the words with their meanings and then again draw the whole picture okay what is happening here the changing body you know that 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 whole diagram that is coming from this this verse so that is like that we have to pictureize everything every verse we have to start just like that changing body i don't know if you i think many of you would know but maybe some of you i don't know if you're new you may not know but most devotees they know changing bodies you know that that stages of life like small boy all the way to you know when he dies all so many stages so that is the picturization of this shloka 213 so that in the in the same way for every single shloka we have to try to pictureize what is being explained in the shloka try to understand and if it is a relatable incident in our lives like changing of bodies is like changing of dresses or if if that is something which i do every day actually that is exactly why krishna mentioned that example because we do that every day so krishna is also trying to make it easy for us Exa explaining with so many analogies and so many examples he's explaining that whole concept of reincarnation so if that is relatable in my daily life okay when i'm doing that this has to be remembered just so that becomes a cue for you to okay now I remember that verse so in this way and when we're drinking water okay whenever we see sunlight okay prabhasmi shashi surya asmi means i of course i am not the light of the sun and the moon i am in complete darkness myself so krishna krishna is saying rasoham rasoham rasaha aham means I am the taste of water. When we say Rasoham oh, I am the taste of water. Oh, I am the taste of water. This is how the Mayavadis think. That's why they are foolish. But who is speaking this? Shri Bhagavan Uvacha. So he is Rasoham Apsukante. Yeah. That means we are quoting him. So Krishna is the taste of water, not me. So in this way, when we understand and give ourselves these cues to remember all these shlokas, 
it becomes easier. So interrupt that forgetting curve, combat that forgetting curve. So when you interrupt it and then learn back again, again it goes to 100%. But this time, you see the curve here. The slope of the curve is not as steep as the first one. It takes longer to forget. And then after two days, again he tried to remember. Again if you try to remember this, okay, maybe we, we kind of forget but we may not forget as badly as the first time, it's a little better now. Or we forgot the same amount as we did last time but over a longer period of time rather than a shorter period of time. So our rate of forgetting has become a little slow just by doing it twice. Now when our rate is at maybe 40% or 60% I remember but the other 40% I don't then again try to bring out as much as possible and then if, when you can't open the book what was that word okay this one all right now i get it so when you do that then it again goes to 100% and what exactly happens at the time you see the third curve it's even you see the where it is going the third curve and it's going almost you know you see it's, it's the memory is retained you, you remember for much much longer time and then the fourth time so when you learn something then the next day and then three days later and then one week later and then one month later when you interrupt the curve and again make it 100% and then this rate of forgetting will be much lower. Of course, um, in the beginning you can actually repeat more than this because you will only learn a few of those verses. Suppose you are learning, maybe now you have learned maybe five verses, five slokas. Memorize all those five slokas, whatever you knew. Memorize. I mean, uh, repeat them, if you can repeat them out of memory. So, you can repeat this every day and you don't have to sit down in a place. Okay, this is my shloka memorization time. Do not disturb, close the door and put do not disturb sign and then now is my shloka memorization. No, it doesn't have to be that way. So, if you do that, maybe it will not be sustainable because maybe you won't find the time where you can actually sit down maybe. Maybe you are working and of course now you are in lockdown, you have maybe a little more time. But once everything is lifted and then people go back to their regular lives, then you may not be able to have the time to sit down again, you know, for lengthy periods of time. So, make up as you are, suppose you are doing your, your bathing, you know. While bathing, you can recite some of the shlokas and, and you know, check them off, uh, checklist, you know, check them off. Okay, I have memorized this, 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 this. So, as you're bathing or as you're dressing yourselves up. In fact, I would do this. <laughs> how I learn when I don't get time, you know, to sit down or something. Usually I don't get. So how I'm like the other day, I think a few months ago, I I like bragged about myself that I memorized the Mukundamala Stotra. Um, the Mukundamala Stotra had 53 verses, 53 shlokas, and you know, by Krishna's grace, by Prabhupada's mercy, we memorized all of them. So and they're very long verses as well. So now, I was a little bit um, happy that I could do it, but the thing is this, how did I learn, learn those verses and when did I learn? You know, when I would get up, as I would go to the bathroom and get my shower done, I would start reciting already. So what I knew, what verses I knew, I started reciting all of them. Then once I came out, as I was dressing up, putting on my dhoti, then I just opened the phone and then put the next one, the new shloka and it was there and then as I was putting on the dhoti, I was trying to learn the other shloka. Then by the time I put tilak, 
I'm already done with another new shloka. Of course, this this is after so many years of practicing. But yeah, in the beginning it won't be as fast. You cannot re- memorize the shloka in, at that speed. But um, it you can actually start like that. So when you're doing your things, you already memorize at the time. I mean, you you repeat from memory whatever you have learned, and then like when you get these gaps of time, capture them. Just look out when there is a gap of of course it's not that you know run away from service do all the service that is assigned and then after that if you have some gaps of time and here and there whatever don't don't you know just you know let it pass without being without uh, gaining something from that time so we can pull up a verse okay what was that verse okay so always keep a list of verses that you would want to learn so at hand at any time at any given time if you want to pull up maybe it's in your phone a list it can be a series like bhagavad gita chapter 1 or chapter 2 or maybe the principal shlokas of chapter 1 chapter 2 like that and then okay i have done maybe out of 10 i have done maybe four i have memorized but okay now i have to memorize next at the next opportunity that i would get slightest opportunity i should get to the fifth one so when there is some waiting time here and there whatever it is i can take out in my on my phone if you do not have the app please download the pocket vedas app it is it costs maybe 30 singapore dollars or something i don't know how much it costs in indian rupees maybe it's i don't know 800 rupees 1000 i don't know how much it costs in singapore it's about 31 something you can you can download that it's a good a tool which can be on your phone itself and um on the phone you can actually take out and then you can try to memorize the shloka there itself so that's a very good um system in fact i did a youtube video on my channel way back it's like a year back maybe um on three tips for traveling devotees and one of them is like memorizing <laughs> shlokas so you should of course have a list beforehand so every time you encounter some verse that you can learn that you should learn you feel like learning it okay that is a good verse that can be used in preaching or that can be memorized capture it put it in a list like a wish list of all the verses that you would want to learn and next time you get an opportunity okay get that out and then try to memorize it and then try to understand it try to memorize it you don't have to go and do a big research do i understand everything about this verse or every question that comes up as long as you understand the word to word meaning and then the group of words and like you can get a picture of you may not able to fully answer if somebody asks a question like they knows many atha they that question may not even occur to you in the beginning it's okay it's okay at least learn it and then you can always you know we can always refine our learning over time it's not that once you've learned oh it has to be perfect the first time it doesn't have to be it will not be anyway at every point of time we can always learn newer and newer depths to the same shlokas so um so always remember that you can always refine your learning later so you don't have to like completely completely understand every single angle of that whole no although i maybe may have sounded like that a while ago but try your best and then you know and then get on with it and get on with memorizing it and maybe you know if you come to me maybe i'll question you <laughs> just to test so so like that um so in this way we can learn you know and you can progressively learn over time and deepen our understanding of the same verse that we have maybe memorized a year ago or two years ago and then as much as you use it now some verses will just never go out of memory even if you want them to 
Like dehinosmin yatha dehe kaumaram yavanam jara. How can that verse go out of memory? Because over so many years Prabhupada always quoted that. So the more times we hear it, the more times we chant it, the more times we use it, the chance of forgetting is, is, is zero. It is lesser and lesser and lesser to the point of almost zero. So, like we remember like all those nursery rhymes, you know, I don't remember, I just remember two or three of them. But, you know, we, we remember so over so many years, you know, because we repeated so many times that even now, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are, <laughs> it still stays in the memory, you know. So, same way with shlokas, so as much as we use it more and more and more and more, it just cannot fade. But if you don't use it, oh yes, I have memorized this verse. Then after five days, I don't even know that I memorized this verse. Which verse was it that I memorized? It can even become like that. Many times it happened to me. Many, many, many times. So, um, always remember that. Interrupt. Interrupt the forgetting curve. This this combating the forgetting curve is something very important. Um, you know, you may say this is a, some, some mundane fellow's knowledge. Yeah, but you know, this is, this helps us to understand, kind of give a graphical understanding of how our brain works and we can use that knowledge to how to, I mean, this is actually a fact, this is exactly how our brain works, it, it forgets over time and we need to interrupt, interrupt, interrupt and then as much as we use it and, and when we are chanting also the shlokas, as we are saying the words, the meanings of the sh- those words should automatically create the picture in our mind already while chanting them. Don't just chant, don't just make it a string of words. It has to lead to that. Always you have to be in touch with that understanding of the verse. Always. So that is very important. So don't lose the touch with the understanding of the verse. And in that way you active recall. This is called what the scientists say, active recall. That means you actively make your brain bring out what was put inside before. So that's when, when we actually try to bring out, that's when we learn. And this, this is called this repetition, repeating after one day and then after three days, after one week. That is their style. That is, they called it this. They call they call it the spaced repetition. That means you you repeat it at spaced intervals, like at each time the interval should be longer than before, so that um, you allow yourself to forget a little bit. And then you when you try to remember it back again, then your brain works hard to bring it back again. And then when that working hard happens, that when you, that's when your, your retention will actually be very strong. So that's what they say. But I would say in our Krishna consciousness, um, we try to remember every time. But of course, one thing is that when it becomes easy to remember, we have to again challenge ourselves to the next step. So another verse, another verse. So if I remember, suppose I have practiced, okay, five verses and I... Like very well, I can repeat those those verses. Very well, I can chant those verses without a mistake. Now it has become easy for me to chant those verses, and that's when we will stop our our growth in our our memory memorization will stop. We have to give it another challenge. Okay, next verse, next verse, next verse. So it has to always be in that challenge mode. So we're always learning and learning and learning. We're not at any time stagnant, which is kind of what happened with me over the last one and a half months did not learn much um, new verses I've learned a few here and there but not as many as I would want or like to so it is not good to keep it stagnant so try to um, always have newer and newer things to remember remember 
and then always remember and then this spaced thing the spaced repetition thing will come into effect um, especially when you have too many verses and when you know like hundreds of verses or thousands of verses or maybe even tens of verses maybe say 80 verses you have memorized you may say oh that, that is a lot yeah you will come to that don't don't think it's a lot you know it's you know bhagavad gita has 700 you no know, 80 is nothing Bhagavatam has 18,000, Chaitanya Charita has 11,555. So, there's so many more to learn. And even in the purports, if you count all those verses in the purports and here and there, the whole Prabhupada's books, our lifetime is not enough. So, don't put 80 on a pedestal. Oh, that is a lot. No, that, we have to come to that. So, anyway, in the beginning, it may appear a lot. But it will it will happen. As, as you put this um, thing into practice, it will come to that. It will come. So, if you chant, I mean, if you learn two, just two shlokas, just two shlokas per week, that's not at all much. That's like, for me, even for anyone, it will be a bare minimum. If actually one puts a little bit effort, it will be a bare minimum. Or if you say two is too much, okay, one per week. Start off somewhere. One per week. Over... A month, you know already four shlokas. That is good. That is good. It's better than zero. And then, eventually it will increase. Then you will be able to learn two a week. And it will increase slowly, slowly. As you get the hang of it, it will increase. Your your exercise of memory also will increase. And that will help. So, eventually you will increase. You will come to that point. And uh, once you have, suppose, 80 shlokas in your memory. And then, don't stop it in there. Okay, there are so many more to learn. I mean, you know. Okay, maybe about body and soul. Okay, I don't know maybe 80 shlokas is pretty much the a, a number where you can kind of comfortably explain the whole body and soul situation. But then there are so many other topics, so many other things, so many other things. So you know, there can be un, there's unlimited scope for learning, basically unlimited. I mean, our Vedic literatures are unfathomable depth. So two things. Active recall, that means test yourself every time. Always test. And don't take test as a, we are used to, we, we always fear tests because that's how we have been growing. Because test is, oh, have I understood perfectly? Will I get 100 upon 100? That is the mood when we when we are approaching a test. So it is like, uh, uh, you know, a shivering going on, you know. No, just take it as part of learning. It's okay not to, not, not to get it 100%. So, but test it so that you make it a part of learning. Test is not an event that it happens, you know, I have a, like the other day Vishnu Teja was saying on the comments, I have a final exam coming up. So, usually these examinations are event, like, you know, the defining moments of our future, you know, like what is going to happen. So, don't make it like that. <laughs> Just treat the test as a, a learning method or a learning instrument. Treat the test as a learning instrument and use the test. It is not about getting 100%. No, it will not happen. So, it's okay. But the thing is, basically, to bring it out from your memory. Not to every time look at it, look at it, look at it. Look at it means you are just putting it in memory. But your memory is not working to bring it out. That's when it's not growing, it's not expanding. You can't remember versus it's all done wrong. So, when we, when we do it, bringing out from our memory, that's why we have to preach. 
we have to open up and preach to others we have to start talking to people even though it may relate relatives sometimes they may not like it over just start speaking na and if nobody wants to listen to you just speak to the four walls people may say oh this will become crazy you know this fellow but it's all right you know it's all right you just practicing you know so we have to try to bring it out uh, that's when our mind will work so when you come to this point of uh, say you have learned say 80 shlokas and it it may not be practical that you can chant all of them in a single day and practice actually you can 80 shlokas you still can but yeah in the beginning no you can't so uh, maybe 30 shlokas is your limit actually if you count the the travel or here and there whatever pockets of time you actually can 80 is still very much doable every day maybe even 100 or even more or doable because as you go faster right you will also be able to chant the verses faster you will it will be in your memory and you can chant more you can actually do it even there are people who do 200 300 400 500 verses a day so it is doable but um it takes practice so when it comes to a point where you practically cannot manage chanting all those shlokas because you have your chanting to do you have your reading to do you have your you know other things to do in life so um that's when the spaced repetition will help so at in the beginning you can chant all the shlokas every day but when you come to a point where okay i cannot manage every day okay then split them up split them up and say 30 in this day today 30 and tomorrow 30 suppose i have only memorized maybe say 45 verses so today i can do 30 tomorrow i can do the rest of the 15 and the rest of the next day i would come back to this 30 and then the other day 15 and in the meantime i may be learning one or two new verses so that 15 will become 17 so in that way i can space it out so that one day this and one day that and one day this and one day that in that way every week or so i am revisiting those verses that i have learned previously so in that way you're not getting you're not losing track and if you if you don't remember what verse you learned maybe a week ago that's where it's helpful to keep a a written track record so what i have done here is i have prepared a sheet a google sheet <laughs> so this is what i intend to do i haven't done it yet <clears throat> but this is what i intend to do so i want to show it on my ipad i'll just see if i can take it out okay this is a fancy name that i gave shloka memorization tracker so just i just gave it a name <laughs> so as you can see a sample shloka memorization tracker so if you see at the bottom there are three three um, tabs three sheets one is called the dashboard one is called the sheet uh, what is that bhagavad gita chapter 1 and bhagavad gita chapter 2 now if i see on the dashboard this is what i would see okay bhagavad gita chapter 1 bhagavad gita chapter 2 and then there is a dates so what is all this <clears throat> okay let's go to actually bhagavad gita chapter 1 then we will know what we are talking about so now now i am in the bhagavad gita chapter 1 sheet okay so in the chapter 1 before you even start memorizing just scope the subject like go through the whole chapter and select those verses which you would want to remember because some are more important you, you know, like they can be used for preaching so you can select those verses 
I have put them down on a list in a sheet like this and maybe I have just for sample I have done 4 verses from the chapter 1. So, 115, 116, 136, 140. So, um, 115 and 116 are the names of the different conch shells of Krishna and the Pandavas. Panchajanyam Rishikesho Devadattam Dhananjaya Poundram Dadmau Mahashankham Bhima Karma Avrikodaraha Ananta Vijayam Raja Kuntiputro Yudhishthiraha Nakulahasaha Devascha Sughoshamani Pushpakao So, these are the, all the names of the conch shells. Each conch shell has a name. So, Yudhishthir Maharaj conch shell, Krishna's conch shell, Panchajanyam and Arjuna Bhima, Bhima is Poundra, Poundram, Poundra. So, that is his conch shell and then Nakula and Sahadev has Sughosha and Manipushpaka. So, in this way they have their own conch shell names. So, this verse is good to just, okay, it is not a verse you would want to use in a preaching scene, but it is good to learn all these uh, details also, apart from our preaching philosophy. So, if you just want to remember these things, so 115, 116 and 136 is about Papa Meva Shredasman. So, basically there is a there is a detail in the in the purport of that verse, which uh, the six kinds of aggressors. So, that is something which I would want to remember. So, what are the six kinds of aggressors when they attack or when they are, you know, those aggressors, there is no sin in killing them. <clears throat> that is according to Manusmriti, of course, modern law may not be saying the same thing. But this is what the, it, it's okay to punish. Like even in modern law, there is, in self-defense, if you hurt a, an attacker, that's not a crime because he has come to attack you and then in your self-defense, Maybe something just hit him and then maybe he went unconscious or maybe he's brain damage or whatever, organ damage or whatever. So, that's not criminal because he was the one who attacked. So, similarly in Manusmriti, there is um, these six aggressors that even if one kills, um, he's, he's not sinful. So, so those six aggressors are listed in the purport of the 136. So, that is something I would want to rem remember. And then 140 is about women. Uh, if they are let loose, if they are not under the protection of men, then they will be, you know, um, uh, going loose and then, you know, there will be unwanted children and then, you know, the, the population will become sinful. So, in this way, these are the four verses, probably, if I want to remember from the first chapter. <clears throat> now, the dates, as you can see, the next columns all are date, 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 date. So, suppose today is when I want to start this Bhagavad Gita chapter 1 and I have memorized these four verses today, you know. So, I will just put a date here. So, if I want to write, hmm, one second, today is what? 517. 517. That is May of 17th. Of course, I did not. Um, anyway, you understand what I am saying? I did not format it. I would actually format it as May 17th. So, I will actually select that option in the formatting, but I am just showing it to you. So, I just put 517 in all these things. So, then what happens? I do this for all this. Okay. That was today. Okay. Now, tomorrow, I will try to remember them out of memory. Okay. Bring them out. Chant those verses. Panchajanyam. Ah. Rishikesham or Rishikesho. So, I am not clear. Okay. Okay. Now, I am clear, but I am just acting. It is a drama now. <laughs> drama time. So, 
పాంచజనం ఋషికేశం ఋషికేశో ఋషికేశేన ఋషికేశ వాట్ ఈస్ ఓకే ఐమ్ నాట్ క్లియర్ సో ఓకే నెక్స్ట్ పాంచజనం ఋషికేష్ వాట్ ఎవర్ ఇట్ ఈస్ దెన్ దేవ దేవదత్తం అర్జున అర్జున వాట్ నేమ్ వాజ్ దాట్ సరే మెనీ నేమ్స్ ధనంజయ ధనంజయ ఓకే ధనంజయ సో ఇన్ దిస్ వే ఐమ్ ట్రైంగ్ టు రిగర్జిటేట్ ఐ మీన్ నాట్ రిగర్ ఐ మీన్ ట్రైంగ్ టు బ్రింగ్ అవుట్ సో ఇఫ్ ఐ డిడ్ వెల్ సపోజ్ ఐ రిమెంబర్ ఓకే పాంచజన్యం ఋషి కేశో దేవదత్తం ధనంజయ పౌండ్రం దద్మో మహాశంఖం భీమ కర్మావృకోదర వెరీ గుడ్ ఓకే దెన్ వాట్ ఐ డూ ద సిక్స్త్ సారీ నాట్ సిక్స్ సారీ డూ ఫైవ్ ఎయిటీన్ this is tomorrow yeah now i would select that and see if i can yeah put that as green i remember that very well that's green the next verse maybe not as good you know ananta ananta what ananta govind ananta vaikuntha ananta vijayam ananta vijayam raja yudhishthira what yudhishthira what i don't remember okay i did not do well so i put a date there 5 sorry 518 okay done now i put it as i remember maybe half of it but half of it i don't remember so or maybe i remember only like one fourth of it the three fourth i don't remember orange or yellow if i did not remember at all it's like completely out of my memory red so now for the four verses you will have colors now going back to this dashboard so you're not completely satisfied here of course even though it is red when it is red you will memorize it again bring it back to 100% but you will leave it at red because that was your initial uh, memory um state on the day of course at the end of the, uh, after you have seen that you have read and then you are read red then you have, you will look up the verse and then okay try to memorize again okay maybe you will get it back at 100 but leave it at red because that was your initial state okay this is where i was so it was not very good so i had to do a lot of work to again memorize the whole thing that means i'm not that confident so okay go back to this dashboard bhagavad gita chapter 1 change this date to today is what i mean the date is 518 not today so it's tomorrow okay 518 you see here i formatted the date properly okay so you see i would rate it as um orange not so good so in this way i would rate it as orange and then next day maybe after i would practice okay i'm not so good right so maybe two days later i will try to of course when i say not so good that's the initial state but i have memorized them so i i again know it 100% all of them but I, it took me more effort to come to that stage it's not like i saw the verse numbers and i just tak 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 i just did it no so i know now all the all the four verses but then test myself two days later suppose it's now 518 uh, sorry 520 may 20th all right so may 20th and i go through them three of them i remember very well so on the on the bhagavad gita chapter 1 this one 
three of them will be green and one of them will be like yellow not so bad but maybe like 75 percent i remember but one or two words i do not remember then i had to do so it's almost there but not completely there so i would give it, give it a yellow so i'll come back here and i'll say a yellow i'll give it my myself a yellow so i'll give it yellow so the whole point is you will repeat this as many days and get it to green so here on the left there is bhagavad gita chapter 1 chapter 2 then you, you can put other things like say mukunda mala stotra right as mukunda mala stotra so as you can see so this is mukunda mala stotra so how 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 well did i remember so again the same way and then go into and until it gets green everything until it gets green so in this way we can keep a track and suppose there are some series of verses that are not like chapter 1 or chapter 2 just i found in that lecture that prabhu quoted that was nice and and here prabhu quoted when i was talking to him and then the, he quoted this verse and then i, I saw in one prabhupad's purport you know this verse so how to capture all these verses so you make another sheet with like random verses or one sheet from is like lecture verses lecture verses um maybe sundar gopal prabhu's lectures verses verses from his lectures and of course it will be like thousands of them over time but maybe <coughs> uh gopal prabhu lectures sheet one maybe say 50 limited to 50 because suppose you have come to green you have come to green in that sheet all 50 you remember and then you add more and those are not at green then again you have to go back red of course it will after even green you will still go back to red uh, if you don't practice them enough after that after green all are green if you don't practice it again you may go down to yellow or orange or red again so that is okay that again we have to space repetition and then we have to get back get back to green again but if we're adding more verses all the time then it can be it's not a very good evaluation because the first day when i said um, yellow it would mean all the 100 verses are yellow no but but i only meant the first 50 was yellow but um, and then it, when, it, when I said green, it was not that all the 100 were green. Only the first 50 were green and then after that, I added the rest of them. So, it's not an accurate representation of what we know and w- the whole tracking system. So, when you track, keep a, a, a limit of this, this is what I want to learn. And suppose, and suppose in this chapter 1, you have first saw the whole chapter, seen the whole chapter. And then you decided, okay, these four verses is one I want to remember. But the first day, you just managed to remember one verse. It's okay. So what you do, the three other shlokas, you don't put any date there. It's okay. And then, when you actually learn the other verses, and then you learn the second verse, and then on the first column you put, okay, this is the date, this is the date, this is the date. So in this way, you can always, um, it's not that all the 50 verses or whatever has to be done in that one day. No, no. You can take it at your own pace as it allows you, as much as your memory allows you. You learn that much and then go to the next, go to the next. So, but in a page, keep it at a fixed number. Keep it at a fixed number and slowly then, you know, fill up all the, fill out all the, you know, as 
until you get to the green. That means at that stage and if you can be consistently green for over 3 or 4 days, 5 days or maybe a week, then yes, you have like, okay, got a pretty good hold of the whole verse and you will not probably forget it so easily. And uh, that's when we would rest that verse, if you can't, if you, if you have way too many verses to memorize, this is how you can, and then revisit those verses maybe after in two weeks time or something like that. You just go through to you, go through your thing and then maybe put a reminder for yourself, okay, two weeks time, just um, revisit the Bhagavad Gita chapter one, okay, chapter two or whatever it is. So in chapter two, I just did a sample, whatever it is. So here, here this is chapter two sheet. So I've just listed down some verses and then these may be the important verses. And then again, the same color, color coding. And in this way, you can track and you can note down everything. So, of course, when you when Prabhu is saying something or somebody is quoting one shloka, you don't have your Google Sheets open and then you, you want to find and then open while he's talking and he's talking something else. So, if you want to be practical, then just write in some paper or some maintain a small book and you can note down that book and then when you come back home and then fill out in the you know Google Sheets or something like that and work out that system yourself. And then, so basically, this is a system which I am intending to use uh, to keep track of my shloka learning. <clears throat> because sometimes I forget what shlokas I even learnt over time, you know, because it's just like that, you know, we are imperfect, you know, our memory is imperfect, so. So, these are some of the practical tips uh, that, well, not exactly how I learned the shlokas, but if I would have used this technique, it would have been much more effective and maybe I would have learned many more shlokas, but I did not use this, it was kind of a very, in a crude way, I just learnt. Uh, over the years, under Sundagopal Prabhu's guidance and Prabhupada who was quoting everything every time. So, as we read more and more and uh, as I was hearing, especially I learned from Sundagopal Prabhu how to learn all these shlokas and everything. It was his training. So, I owe entirely to him this whole whole knowledge of learning shlokas. So, that, um, it was done in a crude way. I Yes, I took down notes in the class and taking down notes, that's something I want to talk about actually. So, taking down notes, when, what we usually do when we take down notes is that we just write down what we hear. Usually, we just write down what we hear. But that's a very passive way of taking notes and it has proved with, with scientific studies that can you tell us which apps to use, Sunita Sharma Mataji? We will come back to that, okay? We will come back to that. So, uh, taking down notes. So, we would just write down what we are hearing and hope we hope that these will stick in our mind and then we will never revisit those notes and they will just, they'll, they'll just lie down there collecting dust and that's how our note taking has been, at least mine kind of. In the beginning, no, I was actually every day, you know, memorizing all the shlokas. But now over so many months, I think over the few years, I've taken on so many notes, but I've never once visit, visited them again. So anyway, this is one other thing that I want to improve in myself as well. Um, so, what I have learned in this recent research that I did about memorizing stuff, that when we take notes, we should not just take the notes that are being told. What you should write instead 
is the question that would bring out the point that was just told. So it, re it requires a little bit of reverse engineering in your head that when you are seeing it, when you hear something that is valuable, you create a question for it for which that thing that was said will become the answer. So when you are revisiting the notes, you will see the question. Oh, then you have to answer it with what was actually told there in the class. So in that way, again, the active recall, the bringing out from the head rather than putting into the head. When we just take down the notes, what was being told, it is just like putting into the head, putting into the head, putting, but the head is not working. You're just putting, 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 and nothing, nothing is working there. So it will work when we bring it out from the depths of our memory. So the whole point is to remember, right? So make the question. It will actually it will keep you more engaged in the class because you have to think, you have to reverse engineer. Instead of just straight away transcribing what the, what the lecturer is telling, you actually, you hear that and then you create the question. Then you create the answer. This is actually called the Cornell note-taking system. Cornell note-taking system. If you want to do research on this, I hope you all have a notebook beside you and taking notes. I don't know if you are doing that, but when I'm telling all these these things, you know, um, it's good to note down and then revisit those things later. So active recall, spaced repetition, and Cornell note-taking system. The Feynman technique. Feynman technique is basically. Um, Feynman, F-E-Y-N-M-A-N. -E it was coined, coined by Richard Feynman. So that's a physicist. So um, basically Feynman technique is to see whether you have understood something or not, you should be able to explain it to a five-year-old and make him understand. Not that you explain it, yes, yes, but he doesn't understand anything. No, he should be able to understand. Of course, when we say five-year-old, it exactly means five-year-old. That means a person who has no knowledge of the subject. Suppose now a, a big scientist, can he explain what a big theory of related video quantum physics or what to a, a, a kid, an inquisitive kid, maybe a 10 year old kid who does not know anything about anything or a layman, he may be an adult, but he is not a scientific field. He is just like maybe, I don't know, whatever he's doing. He's not a scientific minded person, but so can it be understood by him? Can it be made understood to him? Can I explain it in, in such simple language that even that person can understand? That means I have understood it well. Otherwise, I did not understand it, understand it well enough. Because it should be very simple in my head. If something is understood, that means it is simple in my head. If I do not understand, that's when there are gaps. You know, I do not know how to get from A to B. I, I don't know how that happened. So, how? what is this concept? Like in the 213 verse, Kaumaram Hmm. So, if we are getting another new body, are we getting a new body in this life? So, that's not clear for me. So, how to get that clear? You know. So, if I get this clear, yeah, then we can explain. Yes, so this, this is the movie reel and all these analogies that Prabhupada used. So, that, if you observe Srila Prabhupada, this is exactly what he has done. He has explained the entire philosophy of Krishna consciousness so that an absolute layman can understand the whole science. If he actually puts effort in reading. Anybody would understand such simple analogies, such not just analogies, that the way he Prabhupada explained is a simple person can understand. You know, his disciples, all of them, they were not scientists and big big, but they understood. How did they understand? Because that's how Shri Prabhupada explained. 
ऑफ कोर्स इट इट रिक्वायर्स यू नो कृष्ण शक्ति विनाद नाहित और प्रवर्तन दसवाई वन प्रभुपाद वेन टू अमेरिका ही रोड अ ब्यूटिफुल वेरी वेरी टचिंग पोएम वेन ही वेन ही लैंडेड नॉट लैंडेड ही नॉट गोड फ्लाइट ही वेन शिप सो वेन ही एक्चुअली रीच बॉस्टन हार्बर ही रोड दिस पोएम वेर ही सेड ही वॉज प्रेइंग टू कृष्णा the population in this country is completely in the mode of passion and ignorance and there is no almost zero trace of goodness here and i do not know how these people are ever going to understand this lofty truths that are there in our scriptures i am just paraphrasing it it's not exactly the same words that prabhupada used but to the same effect so um then he said please make my uh, power of speaking suitable for their understanding so he's praying to krishna to give him the strength so again as we learn all these techniques you know we may get into this thing that okay it's within our control but no it's always under the mercy of prabhupada and krishna that we can actually put these systems effectively in place and so that we can re- remember and then use them in preaching and use them to train ourselves all these things so it's not about our own strength it's never about our own strength in spiritual life it's all about um by the mercy of shri prabhupada and krishna and even though we may know all these techniques if we if we do offenses then you will see that you will not have the mood to learn you will or you know your mind is so disturbed you just can't focus on any verse you just you know so these things means you see although you know the technique you cannot put into practice because the mercy of the guru the mercy of krishna is not flowing so to keep it flowing we need to be very cautious with our sadhana with our avoiding of offenses of course we we all we all are doing constant offenses or at least i am so that's why this nama aparad stage we are all doing offenses at the moment you know when i'm chanting i'm not attentive and i'm 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 maybe offending devotees i'm offending the holy place maybe maybe i don't have enough faith in the scriptures that that means i'm offending the scriptures which is the fourth offense so in this way i may be committing subtly without even my knowledge even though i want to advance in krishna consciousness but i'm subtly maybe i'm still having those offenses in mind that are latent in me so i don't even observe that so because of the offenses we are yeah we are still in the offensive stage but as long as our mood is sincere and i we are trying our best to and even that's why we every time we pay obeisances to devotees one chakalpat even if unintentionally or intentionally i have offended please forgive me so we are always in that mood of you know submissive um, surrender or we should be in that mood and in that mood alone and and constantly fervently praying to shri prabhupada and also engaging in service not just spacing out and praying to prabhupada please help me no engage in service whatever service is there engage as much as possible in service practical service in all kinds of service not just learning shlokas is one thing but there are so many varieties of services and we have to engage in all of them as engaged by the devotees mm. so we have to engage in all of them and then also take time out a little bit a little bit every day to learn all these shlokas and everything and always remember that it's all on the mercy of shri prabhupada and krishna and chaitanya mahaprabhu without their mercy nothing can actually work nothing can work so keeping that in mind uh what i was saying is use this uh system and when we take notes so use that system of writing questions and then this is the cornell note taking system mm i did not take out a let me see if we can pull out a diagram and yeah this is about flash cards flash cards another very useful technique okay uh, i'll talk about that after this flash cards um 
Cornell note taking system. Cornell note taking system. So remember these things, these words. If you want to do more research on these topics and if you want to understand them more, there are videos, there are articles on these things. So Feynman technique, F-E-Y-N-M-A-N. -A -N, that you understanding means you should be able to explain it to a five-year-old. And um, the other one is um, active recall, which is test yourself, test yourself to bring out um, retention of the topic or the shloka. Then uh, spaced repetition, you know, and in intervals, you, we try to interrupt the forgetting curve and then make it flat, almost you will never forget. So as many times as, as we would repeat consciously, that many times, uh, that difficult it will become for us to forget it. Um, in fact, even in advertising, if you do know or not, I do not know. So in advertising, it is said that to get the attention of the person, when you are advertising, it takes at least seven times for the person to see before he can have the first impression about it. Like the same ad he would see in a YouTube video or then on a billboard on the street or maybe um, maybe in a taxi or say on a bus and or, or you know all these places you know or in some website maybe he's just scrolling through and then there's a banner there. So whatever it is, it takes seven times to actually for a person to actually take note of that. Hey, what is this? It doesn't strike on the first time. It just in subconsciousness we saw it but just went out of our memory and only about seven eight times later then we start to notice it hey, it is, it is hey, what is this what is that what is that so the, the the moment we asked what is that that was already must have been the seventh or eighth time so that's how our forgetting curve is so we need to interrupt that so that's all about advertising that's the psychology of advertising and all that stuff the same thing we have to apply here so the forgetting curve so we have to interrupt the forgetting curve by regular um, retention exercises that we have and when we say retention exercises it's not just about opening the verse and looking at it no bring it out and if to the point that you cannot anymore and then see when you are like longing for that answer what was that word what was the word you, when you are dying for that answer and when you see it that's when you will remember it more if it's just like every time spoon fed to you everything uh, okay that is okay 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 I'll, next time i'll try to remember no that will not work because your mind did not work for it so that that's very important. So that is active recall and space repetition, Feynman technique. Now is a coronal note-taking system, which looks something like this. Uh, okay. So I hope you can see that. This is how a coronal note-taking system would look like. So on the right, as you can see name, date, topic, class. So, when we are in a lecture, Prabhupada's lecture, even if you are hearing, of course, sometimes you you are just working your thing and maybe Prabhupada's lecture is playing in your ear. I'm not saying every time you should do this, but for serious study, if you want to like, like take note and remember things, then you can do this. You can always, of course, remember and I mean, hear and then you are not doing this actively. But if you are in a lecture, especially when you are sitting in the temple room in a lecture or even if you want to listen to Prabhupada's lecture in this way, you just listening and then taking down notes. This is the best way to take notes. So, 
name date topic class so bhagavatam was um, shrimad bhagavatam for now it's 42615 today morning there was a bhagavatam class by sundagopal prabhu every sunday if you do not know about it every sunday morning 8 am he is going live during this lockdown every sunday usually every sunday also he goes live anyway usually it does on saturday as well but now in this time on sundays 8 am so at that time we he goes live so if you next time just look out for that one so anyway so today's topic was 42615 canto 4 chapter 26615 so you can just write the heading as srimad sb srimad bhagavatam 42615 and then the speaker name <coughs> sundagopal prabhu it's like that <coughs> and then in the notes <coughs> sorry in the notes divided into the cues or the questions on one side and the notes on the other side so you would probably want to take down note of what the speaker said on the right side but then write on the left side a question or a cue when you see that you will remember so the whole thing is suppose tomorrow or that same night suppose the morning was a lecture and then night i want to revise what prabhu said so what i would do i would take out this page on my in my book i cover the note side you know that 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 whole the right side section i mean the right side section notes i cover that whole thing with my hand i can't do it here <laughs> i just go behind the screen so um i would cover the whole notes side section and then i'll just look at the cues or the questions that i've set for myself on the left side and see if i can see the question can i answer all the notes that i took for that cue so in that way i can remember so i look at the questions or the cues only <clears throat> so in that way i am doing this active recall that i am bringing it out from my memory so that's essentially the cornell cornell note taking system c o r n e l l note taking system you can research on that if you want if you want more detail so um, that is one way that is one way of looking at it actually that's a very effective way of note taking then there are also mind maps which you can use if you want to understand this will come at a later stage when you kind of scoping the subject suppose if you want to know about say the three modes of material nature you write three modes of material nature in the center and then what they mean what is the definition what is the effects of the three modes like what kind of species are in which modes or even among human beings what are the behavioral patterns of mode of goodness and mode of passion mode of ignorance what are the food what are the so all the things that are related make like a spider diagram and all these things so these are all memory techniques you know um so just get a big paper or a4 a5 i mean not a5 a4 or a3 or something like that or something a big one so that you can try it out or if you can use your apps on ipad or something like that if you have like there are apps like procreate and there is like note taking apps i'm lo- i'm using one called notability that notability app is a good one you can I, you saw me in the other lectures where i drew something and all that <laughs> high five stuff so that is all in that notability app so of course if you don't have all these gadgets fine you can just take a simple book it doesn't have to be expensive it can just be a book a simple paper book and you can still do all these things so try to so when you do this then you know you you kind of force yourself to it doesn't have to be shlokas it, it can be a concept what is the three modes of material nature what do i know about three modes of material nature and then i draw out as much as i know and then 
I will look up, okay, Bhagavad Gita chapter 17, chapter 14, there are more information about three modes. And then in the 11th canto, there are even more information about three modes. Just look up all that and then fill up the whole spider diagram and then done. And then now, I look at that whole thing and that from the root, from that middle word, and then I branch out and then that even branches out even more and more and more. That is one way. I, I've never done that. I've never done this spider diagrams, mind maps, but going forward, maybe, maybe I will. But for some people, some, some will work. For some people, another, will, another method will work. But this active recall and space repetition is something which will work for everybody. And it is the best way, scientifically proven, uh, to memorize, basically. In fact, there were tests where a person, a group of students were like made to memorize certain things. Uh, not memorize. So, they were meant to read. So, one group of students read it once. One group of stu uh, students read it four times. One group of students were, what they did? Maybe they underlined and highlighted. And the last one, they read it once and they were immediately tested on it. Like, questions from. And then a week later or next day or something, they were, all were, all these groups were tested. And then, the f by far, the group that was tested and they read it only once and then they were tested immediately about what they read. So that group performed by far so much better than um, even that group which read it four times. So four times is how much time to read it four times, you know. So most of you will not have the time, you know, we have busy with so many things. So when we are learning Prabhupada's books and you know, reading, so of course one, one way of reading is just reading, that's also a passive way of reading is read, that is also not not bad. Nothing is bad. Prabhupada's books, you touch. Prabhupada says, you touch my books already, he is purified, you know. <laughs> Person touches Prabhupada's books already purified. So, purification is always there, but if you want to dive more in depth, so that's what I'm saying. So, when you have that energy to do it, then when you're reading in that manner, so, uh, kind of get this out. Active recall, space repetition. So, the, those who did the active recall, they... You know, they did far better than even those persons who four times and better than those persons who did once and those who highlighted. Highlighting also is not a very productive way of learning because it's again passive. Yeah, you're highlighting, it looks productive, okay, you have done or you're summarizing sometimes. Summarizing helps for some time, but it should be a platform for active recall. Hmm. Like mind maps are a kind of summarization. But then just because I did that, no. When I see that again, Without seeing the mind map, can I recreate it again? If I can recreate it again and again and again, five times, six times, seven times, oh yes, then I can say that, okay, I understood what, I can I understand now where everything fits in which part of this whole mind map and where everything fits. So, so by themselves, these mind maps and the Cornell note-taking system, they are not effective, but they have to be used if you take Cornell note-taking system and then you never look at the notes, no point. So, and then the verses you want to learn also can be cues and then notes and then, so when you put the hand on the notes and then look at the cues, okay, verse number, da-da-da, you know, like, maybe some 247, karma karma nyeva dhikara Okay, so when I see 247, I should remember that. So, if I don't remember, oh, I have failed, okay. So, maybe if you want to categorize it differently, the verses that, in, in the spreadsheet, in the Google spreadsheet or something like that and then color code it and all that. If you have time for all that, you can do that. You can, you don't have to do it on the Google Sheets. You can still do it on paper. You can make it in a book and then you can just draw lines 
and then put the verse numbers and then the pen you write down the date and then you can just highlight it with a with a highlighter you can you can use it you can do it as high tech or as low tech as you can so it, these are universally applicable techniques so anything works so you try to use all these things next out bring your attention to flashcards which i had never used but i kind of tested myself with flashcards it's very interesting it's like a game so basically flashcards are uh, there's an app called anki a n k i anki actually now there are so many apps with anki 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 but you go to the original one which is the open source which is free on mac os windows android but it is i think 30 something dollars lifetime once one time payment 30 something singapore dollars 31 dollars maybe on the ios so if you find that expensive you if you have an android it's free if it's on a mac or windows it's free so basically what is a i've never used it so i can't show you a good example of you know there is another called quizlet but that is a subscription model so every year you have to pay something like 20 dollars or something 20 us but mm, free anki is free a n k i web.net i think that's what i've taken out in the yeah this one this one the logo looks like that anki with a star there of course and the color also blue because there are also other anki apps which are like um trying to make money but then they use the word anki anki means in japanese it's memorization that's why the word anki is used it's a japanese word memorization so um <clears throat> anki flashcards so i have not used it so i don't have a good example to show you now but it's basically this if you you can do it on paper also but it's it's very cumbersome and uh, on paper you will have too many flashcards and then you have too much paper so it's best to do in an app because nowadays everybody has a smartphone they can make use of it so basically you construct your own questions and answers so i'll just draw it out so that you get the concept so uh, um a card has always two sides so the front and the back the front is where the question is and the back is where the answer is so basically in the low tech what it used to be before this was actually coined by i think i think a german writer who used to remember everything with this kind of card system he has no that was not flash cards that was something else um note taking system it was it was called a note box or something it, i just i just can't remember it but he had this very elaborate system of uh, note note taking and how to remember them not exactly remember them but if he wants to retrieve something he knows how to retrieve it with paper system he has done it but nowadays note taking system like evernote one note or uh, i i use notion n o t i o n notion and these apps have a very good um um what to say note taking abilities and how to connect connect one note and another all that stuff so anyway so this is how a flashcard is in its most simplest form so there is one which is this is the front of the card i'm a very bad artist as you can see but just bear with me so that is the front and that is the back okay so here is the question so the question can be either proper question or it can just be bhagavad gita 213 and the, at the back it can be the whole verse dehinos min all that 
the whole verse can be here and along with the translation and maybe even the word to word i don't know how much ever don't put too many things at the back and the answer so basically it should be the answer to the question just a single thing and a single answer so the front and the back so you shuffle the cards i mean in, in a low tech way that was that's what you would do to randomize it shuffle the cards and then um, see the card and then the question okay what is this verse so in this way there is a randomization of you know just pick up from here and here and this is like a game thing you can you can do it and then when you flip the other side of course you don't have to uh, write the whole verse because you can take it out in other ways like the, your app you don't have to waste time writing each and every time uh, so many so many things you know if you can retrieve it some other way like in pocket with or something the main thing is to make it the mo- make the process effective enjoyable and um, yeah so that's that's the main thing so that's a physical card that's how it look like so the question of the in the front okay what are the names of the five i mean the pancha and the um, what is the, the pandavas consuls and krishna's consuls so then i have to actually that is a, that can be the question and on the back can be all the names of the consuls or it can be the verse the two verses and the names so together i would like to connect every answer with a verse so not just satisfied i mean personally i'm not satisfied with just the answer okay uh, yudhishthir maharaj's was ananta vijaya you know this 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 not i would not be satisfied with that kind of answer yes there is correct answer but then the verse which has that answer that verse i need to remember so that's how i would put the answer on the back of the card so uh it is good to put like in that way because then the answer is one thing then we should always have the source for the answer so that's how that's why we are learning all these shlokas because we need to know the chapter and verse and the shloka and then the the facts in that shloka whatever is being said all that has to be there and we should not lose any part of this whole string the source the 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 number the i mean the the text of it the explanation and the understanding and the memorization of it everything has to be there you know so we should not lose sight it is it is uh, even if you don't remember the number exactly i personally find it very useful to remember the number exactly because if i want to really take it out quickly the best way is to take out with a number and uh, if you want to show it to somebody it's easier with a number rather than you say they hey, take out that verse in your in, suppose we are on a phone call and then uh, what is that you know, how can i understand about maybe karma or how can i you know my mind is feeling disturbed you know then i want to point out some verse and that person has a bhagavad gita in his hand and i want to show him okay go to the index and search for this word you know this this bandhuratmatmanastasya yenatmaivatmanajita what 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 <laughs> that person is going like you know he's already feeling dizzy so instead instead i would say go to chapter 6 text 6 easy for him so although i may be comfortable with sanskrit or you know um, but the other person may not be so for him to quickly point it out and he can easily retrieve it and okay that's good okay i'm reading it now so then you can consult him on a phone call you know i'm just giving a scenario so in this way you can if we should all we should always have track of where we getting the answers from because 1715 what is 1715 in the purport what is written you see one the process 
of speaking in spiritual circles is to say something upheld by the scriptures. One should at once quote from the scriptural authority to back up what he is saying. So, if I am saying the five five conscious uh, five conscious of the Pandavas and the Krishna's conscious are this, 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 this. Where did you get this? You, did you make it up? No, no, no. It is there in the Bhagavad Gita chapter 1 and 1.15, 1 1.16. So, oh, good, good. So, then settle. That's it. No doubts. Shastra says that's it. So, that's why it is good to remember everything. The answer, the source of the answer, the, the number and everything, everything. So, these are some of the techniques. Feynman technique, recap. Feynman technique, understanding in a way that we can easily explain to a five-year-old. Then, you can actually see that in, this in Prabhupada's example. He made it so easy. He explained such difficult concepts with such ease and anybody could understand. You know, that's why Prabhupada's books are so accessible, you know, like. So, that's, that's one of the, in fact, there is a verse like this, let me take out. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. Metam. Yeah, this is, I think, this is a sutra. Mitam chasaram chavacho hivagmita iti. Essential truth spoken concisely is true eloquence. Essential truth spoken concisely is true eloquence. So, Prabhupada is so eloquent, completely unlike me. <laughs> Every class is like 2 3 hours long. So, but he puts everything in, like his classes are 25 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes, half an hour, maximum 45 minutes, one hour, little more than an hour. So much packed into that, and he doesn't speak very fast, like you know, like so that's that is eloquence. And he, anybody who hears, and he can easily understand when he, you read his books, you can easily understand. So, um, that is uh, that is Prabhupada. So, you can see that Feynman technique in action in Prabhupada. So, that is Prabhupada technique actually. <laughs> so, anyway, um, then there is the um, active recall, spaced repetition. Two uh, systems which cannot be raised, it's not, you cannot say that, oh, this is not for me. No. This is something which is for everybody. Um, and also, all actually all these things that I have said, is it works for everyone. But this mind maps and coronal note-taking system, they are based on the active recall system. Because in the coronal note-taking system, you are forced to active recall by looking at the cues and then covering the answers and then trying to get it out of your memory. And if you can't, then look it up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, again, again, reconstruct that. So, that, so that, is, that is coronal note-taking system. So, that is based on active recall and even the mind maps. Write out and then, you know, do that whole mind map and then see where the gaps in your knowledge are. And then try to refer okay, where I can find three modes of material nature at the topic. So if you if you go to this sloka book or even Bhagavad Gita, at the end there is a topic index. You know, after the verse index there is a topic index. You can use that to go three modes of material nature and see what are the what I've mentioned about three modes of material nature. And you can search a website called Vani Quotes. Vani Quotes org vanipedia.org vaniquotes.org so you can go there v a n i v a n i q u 
O-T-E-S.org. So you can go, I think .org or .com or something like that. So anyway, get that. And then there, there are also uh, compilations of quotes by in the Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada's lectures, conversation, everywhere. So then you can do all the research if you want and then fill in all the details that you missed out and then make the whole mind map complete. Once you're satisfied, try to look at everything. Okay, understand, understand. Okay, then maybe a day later, try to recreate the whole mind map again from scratch without looking at it. So just treat every day as a test. So don't wait for, okay, test. This is like a event. It's a, it's a dreadful event on which it's a judgment day, whether I'm going to hell or heaven. No, it's not that. It's just a part of learning and it's okay to be not uh, uh, completely, you know, memorizing everything. And then come back to the point of 100%, 100%. Uh, interrupt the forgetting curve so that's the spaced repetition and use you know um, techniques like Cornell note-taking system the flashcard system mind map systems all this this all will help so I think that's about what I want to say with the, about practical techniques for memorization on today's episode and I hope that was helpful and if there are any questions that was like a super long rant <laughs> but I hope that was helpful and let's see if we have any questions so we will try to take those questions I think there are a few questions okay Sunita Sharma Mataji is asking what can you please tell us which apps to use first of all you may say this is all first world country kind of or you have all this this fancy Apple Pencil and another you know, iPad to show the screen and then you have all these gadgets and that's why you can do all these things. No. So it can be very low tech. It can be as I said a pen and paper or a pencil and paper. It can be anything. If you have color pencils you can use that to highlight or if you have a highlighter you can highlight with that. So these systems can be done on paper. On paper. But if you want to use apps and actually nowadays even in any country there are smartphones and you can have access to all these apps and Google Sheets is something which is ubiquitous ubiquitous means it can it is found everywhere it is it's on your laptop it's on your device or even if you're somewhere else where you don't have your devices you can log into with your Google account and then you can go to your Google Drive and then you can access the Google Sheets and then you just folder management you know like your own folders your own files inside so in that you can open a spreadsheet and then you can access it anywhere you want. It's ubiquitous. So um, that can be used for that. Um, what is that? Space repetition and you know keeping track of what it's like a tracker. Basically, your whole shloka learning tracker system. So which series of shlokas, which day I have done and how well I have done red, green, blue, or if you want to put as stars, like maybe five star, three star, one star, two star, whichever, whatever rating works for you put that and then uh, as you you know use that that is for that and then there is a Feynman technique which is basically try to, trying to understand that doesn't require any app and then um, Cornell note taking system you can do it in apps like Evernote or OneNote or um, Notion there are also other things like um, what is that of course, pen and paper is, is most low-tech and you can it's accessible to anyone. And um, the other one is um, other note-taking. There are actually a few note-taking apps you can use, even if you if it is just your Apple Notes. But Apple Notes, you can't, I don't know if you can divide into 
two tables like that and then one is the question side and one is the note side and then you can cover the note side. I don't know if you can do that. If you can do that, that's well and good. That's basically what you need. Uh, two sections and in, no, in, in Notion, I like Notion because in Notion there is something called the toggle system. So basically, you see all this? This is a list, uh, is like, it just looks like a bullet points, right? So these are practical techniques to memorize locus. This was what I was just filling up today morning just for that, um, for this class. <laughs> what are the points I need to cover? So um, you can see here, this just looks like a series of bullet points. But some of the, and you notice, I can't actually zoom into this. This app doesn't allow me to do that. But if you see closely, all those bullet points are in triangle shape, okay? And some triangles are faded and some triangles are more bright. So the ones which are faded, they don't have anything else. But the ones more bright, if you click on that, I will click on the bright one, the first bright one. I think it's one, two, three, four, five, sixth one from the top, which is the first bright one. So if I click on that, you see, that becomes a downward facing triangle. And now there are sub points. So when I'm no using Notion to um, take notes during the class, nowadays I'm using Notion. So I put the question in the in the main line and the answer in the sub sub point. So um, and even in the sub points, you see some, one of the last one is again bright. So that means if I click on that one, that is again expanding into another subset. So in that way, the hands, the answer is hidden. When I when the when the triangle is like that, the answer is hidden. So I, I see only the question. So this is Cornell note taking system in action, but you don't need to have those you know that that table the divider so this triangle thing actually works really well and the question can be here and then you can you can just tap on that one and now you have the answer so that's one way of doing it but in evernote this is not there but there is a feature of the division of this thing in a ordinary notebook you would have to divide yes again and that's how you would do it and in uh, one note also i think it's the same way i as far as I know, only the Notion has this toggle feature, toggle on and toggle off, and then you can, it's collapsible. The whole thing is collapsible like that, you see, only one point, evidence-based study techniques. This is like scientific evidence, whatever mundane research they have done, the, all the scientists. So I just made a little bit of research on that one. I, actually, I already saw all this. I have been studying this for the last, uh, like two or three months ago, I was just looking up all these techniques just to increase my efficiency in learning slokas. So I just went through all these things, but I never really took notes. So today is when I I went through all those again, and then I just took notes and all these bullet points came out of that. And that's how I expanded it. So you can expand it to any length. So it looks neat, you know, it's like bullet points and then you how much ever, and even you see, it also allows you this notion, but it you have to pay for it, it's very little, for me, it was free because um, they actually, they're very good, they support non-profits. So for our temple, I've got this whole plan, free plan. It's like a it's like a paid plan, but you, uh, we got it for free for the for the temple. So unlimited. So in for, a, for ordinary, for everybody else, it will be free plan. You can use, you can write some until you can, each of these is called a block, basically. That's how they name it. Like toggle is a block, 
page is a block everything is a block so blocks of content if you're not familiar with what i'm saying it's just the terminology that notion uses so a table is a is a block everything is a block every type of content is a block so these blocks of content i think there are a limit of 1000 blocks that you can use for a free plan and after that you won't be able to add any more notes but if you pay a little as little as like i think 4 usd per month i think maybe if you can afford that um then you can have this um basically unlimited plan that you can add how many ever blocks how many ever whatever you want to do so um in this way you can use the notion and that's what i use and otherwise there are other note taking apps like one note or evernote which you can use also anything that works for you anything that works for you basically i'm not a patronizer of any one particular thing all right so uh, those are the apps basically um google spreadsheets then this any note taking app or if you want to go absolute absolute low tech it can be all be in books so either way which one works for you but you need to have separate books though like a lecture notes books has to be separate maybe another book for uh, shlokas from prabhupada's books and then there's another book for tracking alone like the series of verses like bhagavad gita chapter 1 chapter 2 mukundamala sutra or punti devi's prayers bishma devi's prayers pralad maharaj's prayers so to keep track and the date and the highlighting of how well i knew them uh, yellow green red or stars or whatever you want to do so that is for tracking and then one other for the actual noting down of the each shlokas or you you may not be wanting to do that you can just see the pocket mm-hmm. vedas app yeah that is another app you would definitely want to have on your phone pocket vedas it's both on ios and android so you can actually download them um it's not free it's about 31 dollars in singapore uh that would mean i don't know how much in india and how much ever. maybe in india it's a bit lesser than singapore price. i don't know exactly how much maybe it's 800 rupees or something like that so you can buy it off the play store or uh, app store and if it's ios and then that app is very useful because all the shlokas everything all the books of prabhupada are there there is another app which is the veda base app this one is veda base app this has even more like prabhupada's lectures conversations everything of prabhupada is everything is there but the navigating interface is not as friendly as as the pocket vedas the pocket vedas doesn't have everything but it has enough for us because it has all the books it doesn't have the lectures the conversations in transcript form you can always find them in online as well but in this vedabase app um the navigation is not as optimal as you would want it to be sometimes it's a bit confusing you can get a hang of it but uh it's not as effective even if you want to pull out something it's not as effective pocket vedas on the other hand it's very simple to use um the search is not as good if you want to search by numbers it will just go here for example i'll just show you you see on the on the top of this screen here this is pocket vedas app on the top on the left there is a magnifying glass so that is a search button so if i click on that one tap on that one if i search a word like i search the word mitam that's why i got it, because i know that verse had the verse word mitam <clears throat> mitam means concise i think yeah mitam means concise is way so i knew i saw this a few days ago but i did not know the number properly that was that was why i was getting it wrong 
but then I knew the word has mitam so when I searched for mitam it came so there are only maybe four verses with the word mitam but if I want to search by number suppose I say 213 dehe that has become kind of our default verse for examples so 213 search you see what comes out all kinds of numbers comes out so the search is not very optimal here but you can get of course 213 is here right at the top but suppose it is like say Canto 6 chapter 5 text 14 okay let's go Canto 6 chapter 5 text 14 if I do that everything is coming Bhagavad Gita chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 so I just have to go all the way down then it comes in alphabetical order so it's like B first Bhagavad Gita so BG Bhagavad Gita and then after that CC uh, BS BS means Brahma Samhita CC means Chaitanya Charitamrita and then all the way down SB so Bhagavatam so S means all the way towards the end okay N means Nectar of Devotion Narada Bhakti Sutra NBS NOD is Nectar of Devotion NOI is Nectar of Instruction and then SB yeah, then one hour we're coming to SB now you see 3, 4, 5 everything is there and go down all the way to 6 6 6 5 14 yes <laughs> now you click on this you get it so you can go using number but uh, you know it just shows everything you can still navigate it's it's not very difficult but that's the interface that's the only kind of downside but if you you can there is another way to go beside the magnifying glass there is a book book logo there icon press on that one you can go to you can select the book on the left this is only for ios android it looks different this 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 scrolling feature you know this this you know like for example that is the bhagavad gita and then chapter 2 verse 13 go now we have so directly we can actually do this so this is a very effective way but on android if i show you it's like this uh, sorry um wait a second i need to cover my face yeah now you can see it clearly so these are the books that that are there oops i have messed it up okay so these are the books and you know all the 13 books 13 books are there so the whole bhagavatam chaitanya charitamrita nectar of instruction nectar of devotion bhagavad gita you know teaching of lord chaitanya teaching of lord kapila teaching of king kunti narada bhakti sutra mukundamala sutra all are here and if i want to go 6 5 14 as we said then i have to go to like uh, bhagavatam i'm trying to not see the screen okay now you have you see bhagavatam kanto which and then you can go to six uh, tap on the six there uh, now you can't see it okay six there tap on that and then there's a six now in six dot you see there six dot one six dot two six dot three now go all the way to six dot five and then fourteen so six dot five and then now you have like this six dot five dot one and then all the way go out go up go up and then you will see 14 there you have it so now you can tap that verse there you go the verse so that's how it works on android but this scrolling feature is really good in the, in the apple ipad or ios so if you go to say srimad bhagavatam you can go to 
6 and then 5 and then 14. So these are the apps. So Pocket Vedas, Vedabase I wouldn't recommend at this point, Pocket Vedas is easier and then um, Google Spreadsheets and then um, some note taking app or just paper whichever works for you, these are the apps. Next question, such a long winded answer for such a simple question. That's why it's not mitham, it's not true eloquence. Eloquence means, you know, concise. Mitham. Nishita Agarwal says, um, what's the best way to get audio recordings for these verses? Say for the Mukundamala Stotra verses. I'm going to do. So there's one, <laughs> there's one video which we have done for the Nectar of Instruction, the 11 verses. I'm going to do another one for Mukundamala Stotra. So I will release that video on my YouTube channel. And once that is done, you can download the audio from there or you can just listen to that YouTube video and you can learn the thing from there. So that's why I'm going to create this library of chanting all the series of shlokas so that devotees can actually learn from that, chant along or if they just want to hear it, they can hear it. Um, the idea is to uh, make devotees, e I mean, make, make it easy for devotees to learn. So I'll be coming up with that. At the moment, I don't have a good, I, I don't have any... I don't know if any recording that is there of Mukundamala Stotra, they may be there, I don't know, but I've never seen it. I've searched for it once, but I couldn't get any. So, I will do it myself and I know. Hopefully, I think today is what? Sunday. I think this week I will release uh, Krishna Willing. I will release the Mukundamala Stotra video as well. Alright, so Vishnu Teja. Will there be a session about avatars in the different categories? Well, there are six categories of avatars. Yeah, um, we can do this sometime. Not immediately though. Um, after this is the Ritvik system of initiations. That's what I want to cover. Um, so basically, for this local learning learning course, this is pretty much the last session. But no, there is a bonus session. Not exactly a bonus, but it's something which is necessary. Bengali pronunciation, which is about which is the topic tomorrow, because Bengali pronunciation and the the way how you read is not the same as uh, when you see the word in. English, like here, Nana Rupatmano Buddhi Svairiniva Gunanvita Tannishtham Agatasyeha Kimasat Karmabhir Bhavet. So, as you see, you will pronounce. But when you see, like for example, I'll just give you a short example. Say, take a random verse Adi 419. Okay, you see. If I would read it in the way I would read the Sanskrit verse, it would be Amake ta ye ye bhakta bhaje ye bhave tare se se bhave bhaji e mora svabhave. So this is what I would I would read. But in Bengali, if you read this to a Bengali, I think there is Premikas Prabhu and Oni Oni Datta Prabhu from and Tapasya Prabhu, they are all watching, I think they will be laughing uh, the way I am reading. Because <laughs> Bengali wouldn't actually <laughs> read it like this. They say, Amake ta je je bhakta bhaje je bhave tare she she bhave bhaji e mora swabhave. So, you know, it, it's a little different. So, uh, <laughs> therefore, like you see, ye ye, y e y. Bengali would never say ye ye. You say j j. J. So, and A, whenever there is A with, without the Ahaki Matra, the, the elongated one, A with the line on top, 
like this one you know, like bhakta in in normally anyone would say bhakta but in bengali it's bhakta bhak it's like a little bit of a o sound that comes there so amake to je je bhakta bhaje je bhave tare sheshe bhave bhaji ei mor shobhave so this is how a bengali would read it i mean i may not be perfect maybe premikas prabhu will be getting on my case <laughs> but um yeah so it's a little different hmm okay good question so sunita sharma mataji is asking do the apps use original books or the changed books they use the changed books you know they don't use the original books if you want to use the original books you can go to prabhupadbooks.com unfortunately we don't have an app with the original books yet at this point of time and sometimes the verses from 11th canto for example can't be taken out in a you know original vedavis uh, system because prabhupada did not translate them so then we have to refer to this again so as long as you know what is the actual translation and then what is the change translation if you have this idea it's not that you know some people have this idea that if you read the the changed one you will go to hell you know you are going to hell that that's completely wrong that's that means we don't have any faith in prabhupada because prabhupada's words in fact even in the original books there are mistakes um like um 1844 goraksha was translated as cattle raising but prabhupada many times said no that is cow protection so he wanted in the next edition to be changed so they changed that in the changed version but of course there are other changes which completely unwarranted unnecessary they did that also but mostly even if they did that the meaning is not changing much i don't say that it is good uh, that they have changed no it is not good to change the words of a spiritual master but the damage is pretty minimal almost none but sometimes it is of course a real devotee would get irritated why he has to do that when there is no need for doing that unless prabhupada really asked like in 1029 chapter 10 text 29 bhagavad gita it was translated as planet of the trees actually it is a planet of the forefathers so it was translated as a planet of the trees which is absolutely makes no sense so these happened in the original books so these were corrected later on but they then they just did this other things which are completely unnecessary but on the whole even then the philosophy doesn't change as much so the damage is not as bad although it is completely wrong to try to change the words of the spiritual master for example this especially people with uh, who are reading bhagavad gita and all these books in other languages than english for them they only have access to the changed versions of it they don't even have access to the original versions of it that doesn't mean that they should not read it anymore no i i became a devotee by reading the changed version so the potency of prabhupada is not minimized although these you know some conditioned souls have you know made some changes here and there 99.99% of the book is still the same and it is said like um in the narsimha puran like the moon has some spots in it but that doesn't you know um inhibit the moon from exhibiting its effulgence so similarly these this may be a spot you know some people i mean some of the disciples who have unauthorized maybe put some changes here and there but that doesn't stop prabhupada from preaching through those books still unless the whole philosophy is like turned upside down and everything is like completely changed and then that, that is completely uh, then there are no more prabhupada's books but at this point and especially when we have no access to 
the original books, especially in languages other than English, you know, we can still make do with the, the with the changed versions at this point. So we should not have uh, developed this mentality like, oh, you are a demon if you use changed books. You know, you know, you are going to hell. You know, you are this is hellish mentality. No, it's just that that was what was available and that was what was used. That's it. So of course we we used the original ones as you can see here. I used the, the original ones, but you know, if somewhere somehow for some reason you can't get and you just got hold of the changed one, you know, you will not go to hell, <laughs> definitely not. So, the and tell you honestly, those people who swear by original books, they printed, we know the one who printed it, I don't want to take any names, but he printed it, a version of the Bhagavad Gita as it is the original one, without the word to word meanings. That means, although he is saying original, 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 he has never, on obviously, he has never read the original books. Because if he really reads, he will understand that the word-to-word -word meanings are the real bridge to our understanding of the shlokas. That is the main deal. You know, of course, Prabhupada translation, purports, everything is important. But for if you want to go deeper and you know, like you know, learn the verses, that word-to-word -word is where it will really help. And that he took out. Now, how to understand the verse now? So then, then they say it's original. That's definitely not original. That is completely edited. Original means just as Prabhupada has mentioned. So, you know, and um, one a devotee who was actually swearing by the original books, um, he was giving credit to some Iskon gurus who have, you know, you know, who have um, deviated from the order of Prabhupada and he was glorifying them. So, what is his understanding then? So, it is not about which book you use. Of course, if we have only the changed book version, now in the apps, we only have changed versions. So, what we can do? Oh, don't use the apps. So, then it is easy, convenient to show, right? So, you will not go to hell. You will not, I think all of you have learned so much from this, whatever the screen is here showing. So, yeah, somewhere a little bit here and there changes, but it did not change the philosophy totally. So, keep that in mind always and uh, let's not be fanatical about it. Let's know that there was a mistake done. Yes, and if there is an opportunity with that we can have, you know, somebody can develop, we certainly have no wherewithal at this point of time uh, and, and the services that we have, we can't do something like that. And if somebody does uh, an app with original books, yeah, we will use it definitely, whatever is convenient. But then if you want to show a verse from 11th Kanto or something like that, actually in Nectar of Devotion, so many verses, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, so many verses are quoted from 11th Kanto and Uddhava Gita. In the third canto itself, Prabhupada says, there are so many things that Krishna told Uddhava that he did not even speak to Arjuna. Uddhava was even more intimate friend of Krishna than even Arjuna. So, and then he spoke many things there, you know. So, these kind of things are all mentioned. So, in the purpose, in the Prabhupada himself mentioned. So, it is good to also understand what happened in the 11th canto, 12th canto, for example. All the symptoms of Kali Yuga are there in the 12th canto. If you say, oh, I don't want to touch the 12th canto, it's not done by Prabhupada. The, the information is there, you know, and actually Prabhupada wanted them to be translated by his disciples, by Pradyumna, but Pradyumna Prabhu was removed from the service and others took over the service and somehow it was translated, but Prabhupada wanted them translated, but he said, for the purport, use the Acharya's commentaries, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Jiva Goswami, Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur, uh, who else, Sridhar Swami, these commentaries were used and uh, much of the Purports, so even of the those shlokas are from 
or translations of the Acharya's commentaries. Sometimes they have added their own thing, you can avoid that. But um, yeah, basically otherwise you have access to the whole, you can have access to the whole book. So anyway, yeah, that's again a long-winded answer, but important to have the context. Can we then memorize from 11th and 12th cantos? Yeah, yeah, why not? They're all Shastra. We can, of course. So, um, yeah, so that's it. Any more questions? Anything else? Thank you very much for being patient, for sticking out all this while, two and a half hours. Yeah, so tomorrow we will look at the Bengali pronunciation. All right. Thank you very much for joining. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Shri Radha Madan Mohan ki jai, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Anantakoti Vaishnav Vrindh ki jai, Nitai Gaur Premanande, Hari Hari Bol, Hare Krishna.